is Pastor Michael E. Tan. I'm the senior pastor of the Bethlehem Baptist Church in Pauls Valley, Oklahoma. We're at 311 North Dunbar, 55 miles south of Oklahoma City. We want to welcome you to today's program. Today you're going to be listening to a word either from myself, my lovely wife Kimberly Eton, or associate minister at Bethlehem, or teacher. But before we get into word today, we just want to welcome those who are listening throughout our MySpace page at www.myspace.com backslash Pastor Michael Eton, that's E-A-T-O-N. Maybe listening through our church website at www.myspace.com. Hear God's Word at Bethlehem.com or podcast of the same name, Hear God's Word at Bethlehem or through our Women of Divine Faith or other ministries all on the internet. Now, let's get into the Word. Amen. We also have a vision Some can see it, and some may not be able to see it, but you have to really see it by faith. Amen. You have to move in already. The ushers have to usher on their door already. The choir must sing and practice already. The preachers must preach already. The, the congregation must gather there Already. The ladies must enjoy their lounge already. Because this is done by faith. And faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things what? Not seen. Hello, somebody. So let's get ready to move in. If you haven't already moved in, see, I'm already in my office back there. You know, I'm already back there. Amen. Amen and praise the Lord. Bethlehem. We're standing on 1 Peter 4.17 all year long. And as I've been saying, God has said, for the time has come for judgment to begin at the house of God. And we've recognized that God has been doing some puning here at Bethlehem. We recognize that God had to allow the wheat and tear to grow up together for in harvest time the tear had to be blown away. And I've told you that the fruit now after or the vine after the pruning becomes what? More fruitful. And God is calling us who are left behind to be more fruitful. Say to your neighbor, neighbor or neighbor, be more fruitful in Jesus' name. Serve him more. Study his word more. Find out the places that you can go to learn more about him, like Sunday school and Wednesday night Bible study. And speaking of Wednesday night's Bible study, we've changed the format a bit, and I'm going to encourage you to come out and be a part of our study. It's no longer a time of preaching, it's a time of teaching. Amen? And I have been teaching all over this district and teaching all over the state, and some have 
tried to encourage me to teach on the national level. And, 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 and God is leading me to teach on Wednesday night. And in order for me to teach you, that means that you got to study. Hello, somebody. And in your bulletins, we're going to be discussing on Wednesday night, casting cares. And we're going to be looking at Psalms 55, 22. So I want you to do your due diligence and study on Wednesday night. And, and once again, teaching takes longer. Um, so we have to show up here on time. All right. Amen. We want to start at 6 o'clock. My goal is to get you out by 7 because it's the uh, end of the week. But, but teaching takes uh, longer. When I teach on the state level, those are 10-hour classes. And you can take your time. So if you teaching takes time. So but we want to encourage you to come out and be ready to get into the word and be ready to share too because it's it's teaching time. You you're gonna share, you're gonna help in this process. Amen. Amen. And allow the Lord to use you as well. Amen. 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 Say to your neighbor, neighbor, neighbor. or neighbor, I'll be here Wednesday night at six o'clock. Now, don't tell no tale in the house of the Lord now. <laughs> but we're going to get it right. And one of the ways we get it right is we've got to know what's right. And we've got to get more into the word. If you can't make Wednesday, make Sunday morning. We have some of the, the one of the greatest teachers in our nations. That Really, all of those teachers who's ever teaching that adult class, we have some of the greatest in the world. And I said it before somewhere that if I had never been anywhere, you could probably think that I was lying. But I've been all over the nation and I've heard some of the nation's best teachers and preachers. And at Bethlehem, we have some of the nation's best teachers, hello, and preachers. And we got some teachers that can really, really preach. Hello, somebody. Anyway, leave that alone. <laughs> but we're going to get it right. Amen? Amen. We want to encourage you throughout this summer to maintain, to be faithful in the household of the Lord. We want you to stand on Galatians 6 9. Let us not become weary in doing good. For in proper time, we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. And I know it's hard and times are challenging for you. But God is saying to you, don't give up. You're going to reap a harvest if you don't quit. Amen? Amen. Amen. So we want to encourage you to never give up. Say to your neighbor, neighbor, neighbor. Or, neighbor. or neighbor, never give up, never give up. on God. God. Amen. We're going to share this morning a message entitled Setting God Before Us. We're going to look at Psalm 16, 8 through 11. Would you please stand in reverence to the word of God. Stand symbolically saying that I will stand on the word of God. Say to your neighbor, neighbor, neighbor. Or, neighbor or neighbor, I'm going to stand on this word. I'm going to stand on this word. 
Amen. Let's read this out loud together at the same time on three. One, two, three. I have set the Lord always before me because he is at my right hand. I will not be shaken. Therefore, my heart is glad and my tongue rejoices. My body also will rest secure because you will not abandon me to the grave, nor will you let your Holy One see decay. You have made known to me the path of life. You will fill me with joy in your presence and eternal pleasures at your right hand. Amen. You may be seated in the household of the Lord. This morning we are sharing setting God before us. Setting God before us. And we want you to know three things by the power of the Holy Spirit. In order to set God before us, we have to learn about the watching of God. And then, if we want to set God before us, we have to learn about the whereabouts of God. And lastly, and certainly not least, we want to know the wherewithal of God. We want Christians to know today that Christians should trust God at all times. Christians should trust God at all times. At all times. The text today is a very encouraging text. And it tells us that no matter what's going on in our lives, that if we set God before us, that we should not be shaken. And we should not be shaken. Now I know some of the things that you're going through because I'm praying for you. But I've been sent here this morning to remind you about the God that you serve. To remind you, number one, that God has not forgotten you. God knows everything that you're going through. As a matter of fact, he's allowed the things that you're going through unless you have decided to turn your own way and you are suffering the consequences of your sins. But even in that, God wants me to let you know that all you have to do is to repent. And when you repent and turn from your wicked ways, then God will show up. And I've been sent here to remind America, oh, in our day and time, that it's time for us to repent. I heard what the Supreme Court said on Wednesday. As they are backing all same-sex marriage. But I've been sent here this morning to let you know that And we know this, that this is not the standard of God. And if if America wants to be blessed, oh, we've got to, oh, set our eyes upon God. And we've got to allow Him to be our standard. And 
regardless of what the Supreme Court says and regardless of what president says, regardless of what governors and mayors, oh, and even wayward Christian ministers say, we've got to set our eyes upon the Lord and we've got to allow him to be, oh, in his holy word, our Supreme Court. Hello, somebody. Go ahead and give God a hand clap of praise up in here. Oh, because the only way that we as Christians are going to make it in our day and time is that we've got to keep our eyes on the Lord. We've got to set our eyes upon the Lord in the same way that Peter, oh, in the midst of the storm, had to set his eyes, oh, upon the Lord. And as long as he had his eyes set upon the Lord, guess what? He was able to walk above all the raging waters. He was able to walk above the stormy sea. He was able to walk above the waves and the rains. As long as he set his eyes upon Jesus. And we as a church in our modern day time, we've got to learn oh, to set our eyes upon the Lord. We've got to be the kind of people oh, that live out the meaning of the words oh, that were famously penned. Although it's not a biblical resource, but it's a godly saying. It's saying that their eyes were watching God. Hello, somebody. Tell your neighbor, neighbor, poor neighbor, your eyes have to watch the Lord. In Jesus' name, your eyes have to watch God. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. Our eyes have to, oh, we've got to set God before us. Oh, in the midst of this cultural war, we've got to set God before us. In the midst of our trials and tribulations, we've got to set God before us. Even with a sick body, we've got to set God before us. Even with sick loved ones, we've got to set God before us. Even with wayward kids, we've got to set God before us. Before us, even when the bank account says negative, you've got to set God before you in Jesus' name. Say to your neighbor again, neighbor, oh neighbor, let your eyes watch God. Let your eyes watch God. I want you to look at this video hear the words of this, the sentiment of John Calvin. Amen. We have to have confidence in God. And this is what David had as we talk on the point number one, the watching of God. He said in verse eight, I have set the Lord always before me. I have
have set the Lord always before me. And that is the key if you want to have victory to get through this trial and this tribulation. Is that you've got to set God not sometimes before you. Not, oh, I always set God before me, oh, in the morning times. No. No, that, 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 that I always set God before me at noon. No. Uh, that I, I set God before me at, at night when I pray and I fall asleep. No. David practiced the presence of God. He always set God before him. He said, God, before him, if he was in modern day times, uh, before, oh, when he woke up in the morning, he would set God before him and he would praise God's holy name. Before he came to church on a Sunday morning, he wouldn't look, uh, oh, he wouldn't be looking to the church service, uh, oh, to see God. Uh, he would set God uh, before him uh, on the way uh, to the church. Uh, oh, he would be singing one of them songs of ascent. Uh, which means that these were the songs that people would sing on their way to church. He would always set God before him. He would set God before him while he was doing his duties. Oh, as a shepherd man. Oh, he would set God before him while he was praying his songs. He would set God before him when he was going to go to battle. He was the only one on the battlefield that set God before him. Everybody else was afraid of what they saw. Everybody else was afraid of Goliath. Oh, but that young man came to the battlefield, looked at Goliath, and set God before him and said, Who is this uncircumcised Philistine that taunts the armies of the living God? He set God before him. Oh, the next time you hear what the doctor said, you don't have to believe it. You set God before your body. Set God before your mind. Oh, you've got to learn to set God before you. Always. Not just sometimes. Oh, Peter set God before him when he stepped out of the boat. But guess what? He didn't do it always. And when he turned away from God, guess what? He sunk. There's somebody here that has turned away from God and you showed up this morning sinking. Hello, somebody. Ask your neighbor, neighbor, oh neighbor, are you sinking? God says, you're sinking because you're not always setting me before you. You, 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 you're sometiming me. And this don't work. Oh, when you sometime God. God can't stand sometiming Christians. Hello, somebody. Oh, he said in the book of Revelations. Oh, he'd rather that you be all hot, what, or cold. Hello, somebody. He don't want you to be sometiming. Sometiming Christians are lukewarm. And God wants to spew you out. Hello, somebody. God says in his word today that, that, that you've got to watch me. 
Hello, somebody. Yeah, yeah. He, he, he's getting ready. He's getting ready. He, he's the great heavenly hall conductor in the sky. And when the conductor gets ready to conduct his business, he gives a tap, two taps, and he sets up, and everybody has to watch the conductor as he conducts, because the conductor will be telling you what to do, telling you what to do, telling you what to do. The problem is, oh, is you want to be all in the orchestra only part of the time. You want to play what you want to play. Hello, somebody. You don't want to play Zion songs. You want to play other songs. Hello, somebody. You want to play that hip-hop music. Hello, somebody. You don't want to play Zion songs. And the God says, if you're going to live a victorious Christian life, you've got to watch me all the time. Hello, somebody. Always. That's what the victory of David in his life is that he set the Lord always before me. Hello, somebody. Hello, somebody. This is another thing that they quoted about David's life in Acts chapter 2 verse 25. David said to him, what? I saw the Lord always before me. He said, I I saw the Lord always before me. Do you see the Lord always before you? Hello, somebody. Do you do you see him at work? Many times, if you're like me, you just look at what the devil's doing. Ooh, let me say that again. Many many times, you you you, you are like me. Something you just look at what the devil's doing. Hello, somebody, and he's always doing something. He don't take a break. His his job is to kill, steal, and destroy. And he don't take a break. He don't take a vacation. And you see him at work on the news. When you tune in, you're tuning in to see what the devil has done lately. Hello, somebody. But David says, I wasn't studying that devil and what the devil was doing. Hello, somebody. That's the problem with some folk in church. When they come to church, they don't come with their eyes always watching God. They come to church and they see what the other person who's just there is doing. Hello, somebody. Oh, and they see what sister such and such is doing. And they see that she ain't spoke to me this morning. Hello, somebody. Are you seeing like in the film? You're, you're seeing who's giving what. Oh, oh, he make more. He, he put $5 in. He makes more than hello, somebody. No, when you come to the household of the Lord, it's not about the people. It's about God and God alone setting God before us. And there's some saints. I was teaching yesterday and they, they have problems with some folk that are in the church. And it's causing them not to want to come. It's causing them to want to stay home. Oh, that's a lie from the pit of hell. The word of God says to forsake not the assembly together. Hello, somebody. Oh, stop looking at what the devil is doing and look at what God is doing. Hello, somebody. Some folk are looking here and saying, who the numbers are down. You know what I look at when I see? I say, who the terror is gone. Woo. Hello. Somebody will get that on the way home. 
Hello, somebody. Uh, Jesus said the wheat and the tear has to come up together. You can't try to separate it because you don't know what's weak and you don't know what's sin. And if you try to separate it, you're going to destroy the few. So what you've got to do is you've got to let the wheat and the tear grow up together. And in harvest time, the tear will blow away. Hello, somebody. Hello, somebody. How, how, how can you describe, how can you know that the worship seems the same or better? Hello, somebody. Forgiveness seems the same. Hello, somebody. Stop looking at what the devil is doing. Right. And look at what God is doing. God is always up to something when you're always looking at him. Hello, somebody. Hello, somebody. Say to your neighbor, neighbor, oh neighbor. God is always up to something, but you've got to see Him. Hello, somebody. Stop looking at what the devil is doing, and do what David says. I, I saw the Lord always before me. That is so deep to me. That's so deep. He, he it's almost like he saw the Lord in the flesh always before him. And maybe he has a better understanding of that as a warrior when he had to fight when life was on the line. In any given battle, he could have died. But he said, I saw the Lord always before me. Hello, somebody. And that same God, you may not be a warrior, and it may not be a life and death situation, but you better learn to see what God is up to. Oh, one of the things that I was thinking about doing on Wednesday night is to do a class. I think this, this class is called The Mind of God. And the author has always said, see what God is doing and get involved. Right. Hello, somebody. Hello, somebody. Oh, see what God is doing and then get involved. Hello, our problem is we want to do something and we want God to get involved. Hello, somebody. I had a new idea for a ministry and I want God to get involved in this. Hello, somebody. Now, you see what God is doing. David had a vision of who God was and he saw him always. That's deep to me. He saw him always. There's never not a time that he didn't see God. And many times when we're discouraged and ready to throw in the towel, ready to give up, uh, we are not seeing God. There's some folk that that, that want to give up on their marriage and, 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 and folk didn't teach you like that. In marriage, there's going to be good times and then there's going to be some horrible times. You're going to want to put her down and she's going to want to put you down. Hello. At times. Because you both sinful beings. Hello somebody. There is no perfect marriage. No perfect couple for marriage. Hello somebody. But if you see what God in your marriage is doing before you. If you're always watching God. God will always be changing you. Hello somebody. Or rearranging your attitudes, actions, and thoughts. Hello somebody setting God before us Set 
the Lord before you. That means that you know the whereabouts of God. Hello, somebody. He says, because he is at my right hand. God's whereabouts. He is at my right hand. People tell us that most hand of uh, most people for some reason are right handed. I, I don't know, I want to test that right now. How many in here is right handed? Most almost everybody in here is right hand. And with my right hand I'm right handed too by the way. And with my right hand I do what? somebody. Jamie was telling us in the text, because he is at my right hand. Oh, in everything that he did, God was there. Somebody going to get this on the way home. <laughs> with, 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 in, and with everything that, that, that David did with his right hand, which for most of us uh, is everything. Hello, somebody. God was there in everything. Wow. Everything. Not some things. Hello, not a few things. Not 50% of the things. Not, not, not 70% of the things. Not, not 80% of the things. Not, not even 90% of the things, which is a, a 4.0 in most schools. Hello, somebody. But, but, but David said that, 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 that the Lord was at my right hand. The Lord did everything for me. Hello, somebody. Hello, somebody. The Lord did everything. Are you ready to give everything over to the Lord today? He wants to be involved in everything. The, the problem with most uh, of Christianity or supposedly Christianity today is that we don't want God to be everything. Even in our religion, oh, we show up on Sunday morning doing our service and we did. That's all we do for the Lord. Hello, somebody. We, we paid our penance. And there are many churches that are going from that, being able to just do an hour service and let go before the game starts. Hello, somebody. Don't ask him to come back. Oh, I come and show up early for Sunday school. Don't ask him to be involved in the Bible study. Don't ask him, oh, to be involved in Titus too. Don't ask him, oh, because for them, God is not everything. Hello, somebody. This is the greatest amount of evil that's being paid upon our country today, and that's mostly prosperity preachers. Uh, oh, that, 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 that gives you just that feel-good message uh, and never convict you of the sin in your life. Uh, they just want you to feel good uh, from leaving the service on a Sunday morning, oh, so that you'll come back. Uh, oh, many times uh, folk fall away because they don't like what God is saying, and God tells us uh, to get our life right. God tells us uh, to turn from sin. God tell, God doesn't just accept you for who you are. Right. Uh, let me say it this way. You can get saved as where you are, who you are. But a Christian
Christian will never stay. Hello, somebody. As a matter of fact, oh, discipleship, oh, that word means a learner. Hello, somebody. And in some parts of the text, it says we've got to teach folk to obey. Because we are rebellious by nature. If we don't teach folk to obey, they're just coming and having a good service, good lively music, but never challenged by the word of God. And they're leaving and they're not changing and they don't have God always before them. They don't have God in everything they do, and that's why they can show up on Sunday morning and worship for an hour and go and be living with somebody. They can can show up on that Sunday morning and go and be a married man and cheating on their wives. They they can go, oh, and and their lives will never change because God is not always before you. Hello, somebody. God should be always before you. you. When you get in the car, what should you do? If God is always before you, what will you do? You're probably going to drive right and you're going to drive the speed limit. Hello, somebody. Because God's word tells us to obey, obey the what? The laws of the land. Hello, somebody. Hello, somebody. If God is always before you, I don't mean to mess you up. God mess me up. God mess me up. My, my wife called me Miss Daisy because when I drive, she says it's like driving Miss Daisy. I drive so slow. Hello, somebody. When actually all I'm really doing is the speed limit. <laughs> Because God is always before me when I strive. God is always before me in everything that I do. Hello, somebody. Hello, somebody. He's at my right hand. He's in everything. And if he's not in everything in my life, guess what? He's going to get there. Hello, somebody. Hello, somebody. He's going to get there. He's on his way. Because he requires everything. People say that salvation is free. Salvation wasn't free. It cost the the greatest price for Christ. And it cost you the greatest price. Because he just assumed that he can tell you what to do. Hello somebody. Hello somebody. Yeah, he does it. He told me what to do. Man, I was loving and living for the Lord going to church and just loving it. Always at the church. I do everything for him but preach. All right. Well. And certainly didn't want a pastor. Hello, somebody. Just loving serving the Lord. Loving. I was one of those inside runners. You know, in track, you got the outside season and then you got the inside season. Indoor season. And, and, and I was running. I was at the church, but I was still running around in circles in the church inside. Some of you are running outside, but some of you are running inside. God wants everything, all of you. Hello, somebody. And he wants you to do everything he told you to do. David said, oh, in the text today, that God was at his right hand. Oh, and that meant that God was in everything that he did. Psalms 21, oh, uh, uh, 121, uh, 5 says, the Lord watches over you. The Lord your God, uh, say what? And what? At your right hand. Hello, somebody. He's your say. He's your help at your right hand. Hello, somebody. We're going to look at this little uh, video, and then we're going to conclude today's.
service. lost in the crowd. All he had to do was look up. And he said that my dad is bigger than your dad. Hello. God has sent me here this Sunday to let you know that your God is bigger than the devil at work in your life. Oh, your dad is bigger than the devil's dad. Hello, somebody. God is able. And because he's able, oh, because he's God, I don't have to be shaken. I don't have to have a nervous breakdown. I don't have to take my nerve pills. I don't have to lose my mind up in here up in here. I don't have to go off uh, on you uh, because I'm trying to get you to do what I want you to do. Uh, oh, all I have to do uh, is trust uh, in God uh, in God alone. Uh, all I have to do uh, is have confidence uh, in God. Uh, oh, and when I have confidence uh, in God uh, in the middle of my circumstances, uh, in the middle of my trials, uh, in the middle of that stuff uh, that may catch me off guard, uh, I see don't have to be shaken. I don't have to be shaken in my boots with no lion toes in my life. He says, send me a man. I don't have to be shaken. All I have to do is look at him and then look up to my daddy. Hello, somebody. Look up to my father. I look at the doctors and what the doctors say. And then I look up. I look up at the Lord. I look Shaking. I don't have to be like chicken little running around saying the sky. 
there's somebody that needs to look up and say, preacher, I just need you to pray for me. I'm having problems looking up. I, I need you to pray for me. When I was a little boy, I had my head down all the time. My mama would raise my head up and always told me to look up. And God is saying to you this morning, raising your head, telling you to look up. Hello again, this is Pastor Michael Eaton. I've been your host for today's program. And before we sign off, we just want to make sure that you have a personal relationship with God. You know, many people are waiting to have a personal relationship with God. They're waiting because they're trying to clean up their life or get right with God to stop smoking or cursing before they come to the house of the Lord. And you know what I tell them? There's nothing that you can do or stop doing that would make you right for a relationship with God. The thing that you must do, however, is take God's provision. You see, in order to get right with God, you have to meet him on his terms, and his terms is Jesus Christ. The Bible said, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believes in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. And the Bible says that we have all sinned and come short of the glory of God. But the Bible also said that God demonstrated his love towards us and that while we were yet sinners, Christ died. God's only son, God's love, Christ died for us. So in order to get right with God, you have to accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. And you can do that today by praying this simple prayer. Dear God, I confess with my mouth the Lord Jesus, and I believe in my heart that Jesus died for my sins, was buried, and rose again on the third day. Dear God, come into my life, come into my heart as my Lord and Savior. Amen. And praise the Lord. If you pray that prayer for the first time, then the angels in heaven are rejoicing. For now you are a child of the living King. Because you're a child of the living King, you have to find God's family. And that's what the church is. The church is God's family here on earth. We love and believe by faith that you've been born to the household of faith here at Bethlehem again. We're at 311 North Dunbar in Paul's Valley, Oklahoma, 55 miles south of Oklahoma City. We'd love to see you in our services. But if you're listening throughout the world, listening throughout the United States, Canada, United Kingdom, or even China, we're going to pray that God will deliver you to a Bible-believing, Bible-teaching, Bible-living church where you can grow up in the things of God. We want to thank you once again for listening. And again, if you prayed that prayer for the first time, you need to find a church home. A baby born needs to be a baby born in the family because babies can't make it on their own. And if you prayed that prayer for the first time, you are a spiritual baby. You must find a church home. Again, we want to thank you for joining us today. And I'm going to give us a final benediction. A benediction is a final blessing. Father God, we thank you, Lord, and we pray in Jesus' name that you would bless everyone at the sound of my voice, especially the new children of God. Deliver them safely to a church home and put your hedge of protection around us all. Keep us safe from our harm and danger until we meet again, either here in Cyber Church or in the service. 
We thank you, Father God, in Jesus' name. Amen. Hello again. This and is Pastor Mike Tom, the senior Lord. pastor of the Bethlehem Baptist Church in Pauls Valley, Oklahoma. We want to take this opportunity to see if God used this message in your heart. If if your life is changed, if God really spoke to you and touched your heart and changed the moment in your life, we just want to thank God for how he's working in your life. But we also want to take this opportunity to see if we can get you to sow a seed in the life of our church. Right now, we're entering into a building program, and we've calling this program Vision to Reality. And this is phase one of our building program. And I've told many of our members, you know, I may not serve at a mega church, but I do serve a mega God. Not living in a mega city. This is Paul's Valley. But we serve a mega God because we're heard all over the United States and different countries and kingdoms. And we're believing that God owns the cattle on a thousand hills where you are. And if you take a moment and go to our church website at www.heargodsword at Bethlehem.com and you can hear it. Uh, tap the link on the MySpace page or uh, just go to the front page of our website at www.heargodsword at Bethlehem.com and scroll to the bottom there. You'll see Vision to Reality and that's where you can give to the building and we, we want to do it kind of just like obama did it. he raised his funds it was just people ordinary everyday people 25 dollars that helped him to raise millions of dollars in a economy that people were saying that is depressed i think that's god and i believe god can do it for us and we want you to give once again now if God has touched and moved and worked in your life as a result of you listening to this ministry, we want you to give to Vision to Reality and help us to make our building here in Paul's Valley, state-of-the-arts build, a reality because you've taken time to give 25, 50, 10, 100, and you may be able to do more. Whatever God is laying on your heart, we need you. So we can build this vision to a reality. May God bless you and keep you is my prayer. Again, go to the website, www.heargodsword.com.